Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The four elementals are down by half. Hiram was murdered early on, and Marianne was beaten to nothing by the blowhole goons. Speaking of the blowhole gang, let's catch up with Pirate Penny and her lackeys. They're currently in the sewers below Wall Street. Place the barrels there. Yes, Pirate Penny. Those fools never knew when they built the sewers that we'd commandeer them for a noble purpose. I guess it's the one benefit of that color outbreak. Oh, and that end, my cousin inherited a mint when his folks croaked from the cholera. Oh, what kind of mint? Spearmint. Oh. Hey, that's a good mint. I guess. Enough talk of mint. Lash the barrels together. This shall provide a suitable hiding hole until we activate them. How do you activate a barrel? It's not the barrel, rather what's in the barrel. Mm, the oil? Yes, all part of the plan. How is it that whale oil, olive oil, and crude oil are all oil? It seems like they ain't similar at all. Well, them's all liquids. So is water, rum, and lava, but hey, I'm only drinking one of them. Right, but... Didn't your parents teach you anything? Oil is any non-polar chemical substance that is both a water-fearing and fat-loving liquid at room temperature. My brother and I would... No, there's no time for the mawkish remembrances of oil talk. Finish tying up the barrels and meet back at the lair. I like that she's a hands-on leader. Not all leaders would go with you into a sewer. <laughs> hey, hey, I'd like to get hands-on with her. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, reducing her down to her parts is retrograde, and beneath you, Mitch, you have a daughter. You want a velvet spanker drooling over her when she's leading a gang? Ah, you're right, you're right. <sighs> What's the deal with room temperature, anyway? I've been in a lot of rooms with lots of temperatures, and don't get me started on the seasons. <sighs> Here we go with you and the seasons. Hey, hey, I'm just saying, in order of hotness of temperature, it goes summer, spring, fall, winter. But in terms of hotness and looks, it's fall, spring, winter, summer. That's crazy. Spring is way hotter than fall. Imagine spring's eyes on summer's calends. Oh. oh, am I right? Their conversation degrades into vulgarity very quickly. And even for goon talk, it's quite blush-inducing. Callens, by the way, is the first of the month, but that's all I'm getting into regarding calendar talk. Rather, let's get back to Eugene's brownstone. Eugene passed out after eating some more of a hallucinogenic mushroom, and Anne just finds herself face-to-face with almost Officer Shandell Double's Blum. Shandell wants to bring them in because it was promised that whoever captured Henry B. Lovin's murderers would get an instant promotion to sergeant, or was it captain? One of those. 
Let me check my notes. Two bar captain. So, there you have it. Were you hiding there the whole time? Yes. We've been here for over half an hour. I was crouching. How did I not see you? Jews are excellent at hiding. We've had to hide throughout our history. But half an hour? I was going to say something, but then the moment passed and I wanted to make it kind of dramatic. You did. Ah, dog. So, I guess it was worth it. Though I do have a climbing cramp. You should stretch before you crouch. Say that now. Where were you half an hour ago? Here. Oh, right. But no more of this delightful banter. I'm bringing you in. But we're innocent. Then you'll be acquitted in court. The justice system wakes. You don't believe that. No one believes it. Not even the judges. Especially the judges. You could try the new appeals court, where they let a weasel scratch at a series of verdicts, and if he sees a shadow, then you get time saved. It's always a male weasel, isn't it? Never a she-weasel. Never a sheasel. Typical. Look, I know it's not perfect, but this is the only way I'll become an actual officer. No one takes me seriously. Not at the station. Not even at my shul. We were supposed to have Goima Oima hit a baseball in celebration of the end of the counting of the Oima, but I messed up the days. So my Shoma of the Goima Oima Homa over Logbayoma was a Hayoma Bona. So you understand my predicament? No. And yes, we all are captive to our past, our mistakes, our lives. You know I am sexually and emotionally attracted to plants. That I did not know. Oh, I... Well, the sapling's out of the burlap now. I thought you were with me when I told you Jean. No. Oh, that was Big Stick. Who? Crime-fighting hero. Neat. But go on about your Grinch, the bit. It dominated me for so long. When my parents died at the Castle Clinton clown fire, I was orphaned. I was adopted by the wealthy widow Clara Peachtree, for which type of apple are named Peaches, which was very confusing. But she let me explore her orchards upstate, and I fell in love with an apple tree. We carried on our affair in secret until one night Clara caught us mid-coitus. How? I, uh, just so many thous, but also I, I don't... Just keep going. She made Purvis, her manservant, cut the tree down right in front of me. I pushed away my feelings, turned them toward the botanical pursuits. I theorized if I could shunt my passions towards study scientific, I could turn my sickness into something useful. I was the first female graduate at the botany school at Rutgers, and I earned a doctorate, which they were unable to award me because it is illegal for a woman to hold a doctorate in New Jersey. And yes, there was a law saying goats could be doctors, but not women. Only Jersey understands Jersey, as they say. Clara died and left me a fortune. Most of it was kept in convertible bonds and erotic silverware. I sold off the phallic forks to fund my education in Europe. In Zurich, I was able to earn a special doctorate in corsetry from the Radical College of Women's Arts so I could call myself a doctor. It was demeaning, but I wanted the title. And I also learned how to make busk fasteners. Also, if you used an overbust corset, it would really flatter your bosom. Okay, my bosom flatters itself just fine. True. But anyway, with that degree, I could call myself Dr. Angus Troop, officially. Later, I met Hiram at a party celebrating Oron. This part I heard about. Our little coterie formed, and then I thought I had beaten those feelings. I closed my eyes and thought of the pleasures of being normal as I let Hiram court me. We were engaged, but I found employment at the Botanical Gardens, put in charge of the Furnaceum, the largest collection of ferns in the hemisphere. And this little maritoid 
Its fronds were so... And the way its fleshy rootstock... It was love. I spent days, weeks in the Furnaceum. I let everything else lapse. I was love drunk and... And one night, Hiram showed up. He saw my tongue sliding down the pinna and... The engagement was over. My normalcy was over. I left for the Amazon in the next boat. I joined with a National Geographic expedition to photograph the most dateable cannibal. It was not a success. I didn't care. I only cared about the jungle, about pushing myself to find the most vicious, the ugliest of plants, choking vines, poisonous blooms, razor-sharp grass. The acid of a spitting orchid took my eye, but I still pressed on. Terrible. I wanted to hate every carbon dioxide-needing, sun-loving vegetable. But instead, the plant kingdom's beauty filled me. The fields of flowers, the sunlight through a canopy of trees, the lily pads. So I traveled further. I traversed the world, pushing my truth deep inside me as I saw the first blades of spring grass on Mount Ararat. The fireweed turned the Alaskan hills purple, smelled the Yedea Debe blooms that signaled the coming of mescaline Abyssinia, and I hated myself. So I decided to hunt the rarest and most feared of plants. Uh, poison ivy? Hardly. No. The Uzbek snapper. It was rumored to grow in the Kaiselkum desert. The Uzbek snapper, according to legend, was said to grow like a jackal and bite like a shark. It was believed to be only a myth until I found it. When I discovered it, I was broken, tired, exhausted. My guide had run off days ago with my camels and supplies, left me to die. I staggered the wasteland, praying for death through blistered lips and a bone-dry tongue. I finally collapsed on a small outcrop of rocks, my breaths shallow, the blood pounding in my ears. But I could hear something. A low snarl. I turned, and there it was. The Uzbek snapper. It was like a giant flytrap, its stalk undulating back and forth. I reached out toward it, and in one quick bite it took my hand. But then, slowly, a warm, milky sap ran down its leaves and into my mouth. I had fed it my hand, and now it was feeding me. It saved me. It kept producing the sap and leaking it into my mouth for days until I was strong enough to get to my feet. I was going to take the snapper with me. But it had turned brown and brittle. It gave up all its nutrients so I could live. I don't know why. I was found by some wandering Tartars, and they brought me to Tishau's. On the long voyage home, I accepted myself, and here I am. But you didn't tell anyone. I'm sure Hiram told Marianne, and Eugene is... Eugene, so it's not a straight and easy path. But they all accepted you. Hiram took it hard. He named a species of fish after me. Oh, but that's nice. A species of hagfish. Not so nice, maybe. Science trumps the personal. Sounds like science is personal. So, you're with the plants. What about Eugene? Is he seeing anyone? <laughs> no. Why? Just covering my corners. But for a fish, uh, he's not so bad. You have to let us stop Project Lane Whale. I'm not sure what it is or how it is, but we need to stop it. Yeah, 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 I know. Look, I want to be an officer, but not like this. Not this way. Let me know how I can help. Right now, I need some sleep. You go ahead. I'll watch the streets. 
So Zayn bit Mazel in your quest. And Shandell left, giving up her chance at an instant promotion, and just went to bed. But not before taking the small cactus on Eugene's desk with her. Who are you, my prickly friend? The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Eugene was still sleeping. He looked serene and peaceful, but his mushroom-infected mind was racing. He was dreaming. A mad fungus dream. Let's see what's going on in that weird noodle of his. Eugene was on his desk, but his desk was surrounded by water. He was in his study, but also at sea in that way that dreams sort of make sense and not make any sense. Various bits of his room float by. A bookshelf, a table, his ice cream bowls. Eugene peers into the water. A mermaid that looks like Marianne is swimming around happily. She winks at him. Eugene dips a finger into the sea, but as soon as he does, the mermarianne turns shark-like and leaps out of the water, trying to bite him. He falls back onto the desk. A bell clangs as a small dinghy appears out of nowhere. It's being towed by several decomposing seagulls. Sitting in the dinghy is Hiram. Swordfish through his chest, but a jaunty cap upon his head. Hiram, nice hat. Less nice swordfish. Well, he's not so bad. Right, fishy? It's a living. Well, he's a real rascal. So, the little birdie told me that your big Shakespeare bird release didn't go so well. Uh, they'll probably kick me out of the acclimatization society for it. More for all the murder I'm accused of. Not a good look for them. Or me. And what of this Project Land Whale? Sounds like something. I have theories. At a carnival last year, there was this tic-tac-toe-playing chicken, Dr. Klux. <laughs> he seemed the criminal genius type. Ah, uh, but didn't they eat him at the fair's close? Oh, yeah. That was sad. And delicious. Indeed. Now, everything has gone crazy. You're lucky you died before all the dying started. My timing was always impeccable. I did manage to witness 20 moonlight squid orgies. What's... The other side, like? I can't say much, but in three words, empty, void, butterscotch. Wow. I'm I'm sorry about Marianne. Yes, it is. A tragedy. And all that's left was a small smudge of caviar. Caviar from a mackerel. Is that a... Just then, a half-tugboat, half-scrimshaw desk floated by. Lubbins captains the odd vessel, the octopus still wrapped around his face. Yipes! Octopus Lubbins! Lubbins then banged his desk, which began to leak oil, polluting the water, turning it black. Symbolism. A little direct, but the dream is what it is. Quite something, isn't he? In life, my nemesis, but in death, quite the squash partner. Were you really going to help him with that court case? I was hoping I could make the jury see the beauty of cetaceans, that the whales could be saved. <laughs> but it's all post now. Let her and let be. What? 
By now, the oil had turned the water completely black, and the blackness was climbing up the sky and walls, turning everything dark as pitch. Be male. Slot box. Post. You're not making sense. Mailing, stamping, mailing, envelope. The whole of the world was now black, except for a small pool of light, which for reasons known only to Eugene's subconscious, Sir Francis Drake emerged from. He walked across the water, which had now solidified into a floor. Oh, hello, fellow. It's nearly tea time. Drake! Oh, Eugene, this is terribly rude of me. Sir Francis Drake, defeater of the Spanish Armada, explorer, knighted by Queen Elizabeth's own sword. Later I showed her my sword, if you catch my meaning. Nope. Oh. Really? He has a copy of Gruber's biography. Oh, a fan! Excellent! Drake goes to the wall where there's now a bookshelf and takes out a book, opens it. He pulls a quill pen from nowhere. Let me autograph this then. To Eugene. Uh, Tis Eugene, yes? Yes. Excellent. Keep your sails to the wind and always check the mail. Your pal... The Drake. Well, that ought to have its value. Ah, come now. Tea time in the afterlife. It's cucumber sandwiches today. (laughs) Not if I squeeze yours first. With that, they all begin to fade away. Uh, Wait, Hiram? I'm sorry, I'm... I'm... Shh, just be male. Let her post me in the morning. But I... They were all gone. The blackness closed in, and suddenly a bit of the ink-dark sky bonked Eugene on the head. This woke him from slumber, and he realized he was thrashing in his sleep and had knocked a picture off the wall. (sighs) Oh, oh, it was just a dream. That bit of falling sky was just this painting, and Francis Drake was just this Drake's cake I put under my desk leg to keep it from wobbling, and the water was me wetting my... Oh. One quick change of pants later, and Eugene was back to puzzling out his dream. But dreams do have meanings. Maybe Hiram was speaking to me across the spectral veil. There must be a meaning. Letter? Mail. Post? Letter. Box. Box? Mail? (gasps) Of course! My collection of boxing lithographs! Ha! Vic Thumps, you sure could jab. Grizzly Joe, you sure were... Grizzly, but uh, how will you help? This can't be it. Think, Nedley. Think, stamp, mail, envelope, mail, box, mail, letter, mail, mail, mail? Nothing. It's brain gibberish. Oh, well, I should at least check the mail. Ah! The mail! The mail! Yes! Oh! A letter! A letter! There's a letter! Mail! 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 It's too early to be celebrating. What are you, a Slovak? Dream. Letter. Mail. Oh, hold on. I've got prickles in some sensitive places. Cacti look good at night, but in the morning you realize that... The mail. Yes. Can we stop oh, celebrating for a, a moment? Letter. Sure, let's not oversell it, but I did solve the old dream mystery. Right, but who's the letter from? It's from Lubbins from the day he died. Oh, wow. Open it. First, let's see if there's a clue on the envelope. It says, Urgent Priority. On the front, notice the stamp. George Washington, inventor of the stamp. 
I don't think that's true. Well, then who did? I can answer that. Professor Mike, the man renting my top floor? The missus caught me tutoring a student in our bed, and not during office hours, so I'm hiding here. Because she's on the warpath. But anyway, to answer your query, stamps were first used as part of the postal reforms initiated and overseen by Sir Roland Hill. How do you know so much about stamps? Because I'm a master forger. Yeah, I forge all sorts of things. How do you think I can afford a top floor on a teacher's salary? Can I hide this hunk of rock I'm working on with you? I guess. There you are, you scoundrel. That's Professor Mike's cue to beat feet. I can outrun you any day, you philandering egghead. They have fun. Oops, I dropped that thing Mike gave me and it's super broken. Oh well. Open it. Letter, right, from Lubbins. Let's see what we got. This solves everything. The Landwell Murders is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan A. Goldberg with music by Matt Roy Berger. It was directed by James Oliva and mixed by Martin D. Fowler. Have you checked out our awesome teed shirts and other cool merch at our Tee Public store? Do it! Please? It really helps out the show and pays for my peppercorn hobby. I just can't stop putting peppercorns between my fingers! In every color! My family won't even talk to me anymore. It's just you and me now, pink and black and red peppercorns. <laughs> anyway, keep on flowering and always heliotrope toward the one you love. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. I can't help the feeling that I'm becoming a little more unhinged the more time I spend in the booth today. And I think it's working. I think it's working for Hiram. You know, Hiram, flashback Hiram, dream Hiram. Uh, probably about to uh, jump off a building and then disappear into the endless void forever unless you cling onto his memory, Hiram. Yeah, 